0: This land is mine, God gave this land.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Yadiyah uh, Radio. We're here with both uh, Kirk and D. This uh, evening's program, uh, after we complete the news, is going to be uh, our second episode of Q&A. So we'll start that uh, here momentarily. Uh, I did want to cover some items in the news, however, first. Uh, with the uh, uh, all the discussion about uh, Trump being uh, indicted uh, for the calamity of uh, January 6th, which... Uh, uh, I have shared my perspective on um, that day of January 6th as this was occurring. Uh, I watched uh, the live broadcast of what occurred, uh, continuous broadcast of what occurred for about uh, four hours, uh, maybe even five. Uh, uh, and, you know, my view is, of course, that I'm dumbfounded that people would find so much um, Substance for their their lives in politics, and uh, and I'm always amazed that that uh, people become groupies of politicians and, and believe the rhetoric <laughs> of politicians, yeah. and so I'm always dumbfounded by uh, by the propensity of people to be either right wing or left wing uh, uh, politically, uh, and uh, Trump is is always been an enigma because. Uh, the policies of Donald Trump are uh, are typically pretty good. Um, I'd say in eight out of ten things that he uh, does, they actually are pretty sane and work out fairly well. Uh, in his rhetoric, uh, you'd have to say that uh, 9.5 out of every ten things he says are borderline insane. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the, the man is really quite an enigma. Anyway, uh, you know, listening to his speeches on uh, January sixth, uh, you have to realize he, he was not part of the uh, the crowd that went to the U.S. Capitol. Uh, you know, clearly, ninety-nine point nine percent of those who went to the U.S. Capitol, uh, the worst thing they could be accused of is trespassing on uh, public property, uh, and if that is such a, a, a low level misdemeanor, there would never be a trial for any of that. Uh, 99.9 of them were unarmed and were not violent um, and really did no harm. Now, those that that actually broke windows to get into the public building of the U.S. Capitol uh, and who were uh, belligerent inside, which is probably less than one-tenth of one percent of, uh, of those uh, individuals, uh, there ought to have been some legal ramification for doing so but the legal ramification so long as they were not involved in physically harming anyone um and obviously there was no meaningful amount of property that was uh damaged um you know you're you're dealing with with misdemeanors and maybe months in uh in jail and some of these guys have gotten 10, 12-year prison sentences. And the only way that can happen is if you have um, what is a political lynch mob. Um, And the way that you can do that is that you have trials in exceedingly politicized areas where it would be impossible to get a jury to be anything other than out of their mind progressive and liberal. So now as Trump uh, is going to face this uh, music, and even though he was not there at the time and he asked the people to leave, um, what they're saying is that if he is brought up on charges there, that it's a guaranteed loser, that there is no defense that will work. And the reason for that is quite simple. The jury pool, because of this trial, uh, will come from the deep blue D.C. area and therefore be comprised of liberals which is why it has become a lynch mob. I think that is grossly unfair and inappropriate. Uh, This uh, week, uh, the uh, Likud uh, coalition finally passed the first item of judicial reform. And when they did, uh, you'd think the sky is going to fall. Israel is, is a house completely divided. You know, this is basically what happened to Israel uh, during the time of the uh, the Greek occupation uh, under the Maccabees. It is what happened uh, that brought Pompeii into uh, uh, Judea uh, as the first Roman invasion uh, when uh, two brothers were vying for power. Um, it is what happened that uh, caused the temple to be destroyed in 70 CE. It is most certainly what happened with Rabbi Akiba, and the false messiah Bar Kokhba. Uh, Jews come, going at each other's throat have invited oppression and invasion of their homeland many times, and they're doing it again. Uh, Netanyahu told IBC um, in, in an interview that what he did was a minor correction, uh, as something that would be normalized in any democracy And uh, he's right in that regard that the problem of Israel, it has no constitution and it has no Bill of Rights. Therefore, there's no guardrails to keep the judiciary uh, hemmed in on a a sweet spot that makes sense in a government. Um, In the United States, the Supreme Court cannot rule on anything other than the U.S. Constitution. In Israel, there is no constitution. There's no Bill of Rights. So there's no guardrails. So, going back um, some 20 years ago, an exceedingly liberal uh, Israeli came up with the idea of the Supreme Court uh, rendering opinions on everything and using a um, a reasonableness standard, which was nothing but a liberal person's opinion, as to whether or not uh, an elected official and government could pass a, a law. Uh, and it, it is absurd. Um, and it's deeply troubling that the Biden administration would uh, condemn Israel for, uh, for doing something that has to be done. Um, And it is absurd in Israel that uh, you would have hundreds of thousands of people protest, including uh, IDF officers who uh, are not showing up uh, for duty over something that is absolutely necessary. If they don't do this, you can kiss your country goodbye. Uh, And the other part of it is, uh, I can understand to some degree, if they just be honest about it, uh, the opposition. Now, not in the case of Lapid. I think Lapid is, uh, is, is one of the most dangerous people in the history of, of Israel. And he is a, uh, a self-serving um, egomaniac that would prefer to bring Israel down if it meant that he has a chance of becoming prime minister again than he would anything else. He is an exceedingly dangerous and irrational individual. Uh, but the, the problem with, uh, with this is Netanyahu's regime should have uh, passed the entire bucket of wish list items, including um, the appointment of justices uh, and the parameters on which they could rule, uh, make decisions, all in one fell swoop they should have done it very early uh, they should have not hesitated when there was uh, protest because all they did is encourage the protest when they postponed uh, things for the protest such that even this time the compromises that were uh, were ignored were all postponed uh, for a year which would have exacerbated the problem um, so I have a problem with that, and I understand the, uh, the leftists uh, because, for example, there is a uh, uh, United Torah Judaism is now proposing that uh, Torah study, which is really Talmud reading in Yiddish and, uh, I, uh, and in Aramaic, having nothing to do with uh, Yahweh or his Torah, but that uh, studying Judaism be equated to IDF uh, service. Such that the Herodim do not have to defend Israel, and they can get paid to sip their coffee, have snacks, and read their disgusting, corrupting books. Uh, under their view, of course, their their behavior is more beneficial for for Israel's defense than is the IDF. So, we'd uh, I'd like to put that to the test sometime. The next time we have. Uh, Rockets being fired from, uh, Gaza, uh, or Hamas invading, uh, Israel, or, uh, the, uh, an outbreak of terrorism from, uh, Jeanine. All we need to do is uh, station, uh, 20, uh, Herodim reading their, uh, their books, uh, at one side and, uh, and 20 IDF soldiers on the other and see which one prevails. I'm open to the test, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Speaking of being a progressive nincompoop, UN General, uh, Secretary General Antonio uh, Guterres, uh, warned on Thursday of this uh, week, which would have been yesterday, that the era of global warming has ended. Yep. It has now been replaced by the era of global boiling. I, I didn't know if you knew, but... Uh, the uh, climate has risen to the point now where temperatures, average temperatures, have reached the boiling point. Uh, we're not dealing with temperatures of, you know, uh, 90 and uh, and 100 degrees. No, we're uh, dealing with temperatures over 200 degrees. You probably didn't know it, but the oceans are actually boiling. Uh, and uh, so are rivers and streams. We will soon be out of uh, water entirely. We have entered the, uh, the era of uh, global boiling, and uh, he is uh, not full of, uh, of hyperbole. Uh, he says, climate change is here, and it's terrifying. Oh, my God, and it's just the beginning. Oh, the uh, SOB's uh, answer is that only dramatic, immediate climate change action can save the planet said this a thousand times but if Hmm. every uh, viable economic entity in the world were to say tomorrow we're not going to make products and services we're not going to supply gas for your car electricity for your home we're not going to make air conditions we're not going to make stoves or ovens we're not going to make refrigerators we're not going to make cars we're not going to uh, produce food we're not going to do any of those things Uh, we're not going to produce medicine. All we're going to do is fight climate change. All resources to save the planet, first of all. We'd all die. But yep. even with us all gone, we wouldn't make a uh, a 5% difference in the nature of the planet. Uh, the, uh, uh, planet's uh, climate. It is the most absurd notion in the world and the fact that uh, people continue to be buffaloed by it is, uh, is mm-hmm. stunning. I mean, the fact is, the Earth has proven long histories, three to six hundred year cycles of global warming and global cooling. The global warming periods are good for humanity. The cooling periods are bad for humanity. We entered the last warming period around 1850. And it will last anywhere from 300 to 600 years, or until Yahweh decides that's enough. Speaking of enough, there was video uh, released uh, this week of little girls, uh, some crying, and uh, video uh, of what was called a camp for genital mutilation. Now, that is not something you hear very often. It's a camp for genital mutilation. It was in uh, Conakry, uh, uh, Gwena. Um And this article goes on to say that while genital mutilation is banned in Guinea, it is still widely practiced. Uh, a woman who was uh, asked to comment on it says, I didn't think that I could see in the 21st century something like this that I thought mindsets were starting to shift the gall to publish that. I went, underwent genital mutilation myself, and it's something you live with until you die. She didn't mention the cause, did she? She didn't mention why it was not declining. She didn't mention why she had been played for a fool and thought that, well, it happened to me, but I thought that it would go away. The article concludes with, often these camps are held during vacation at a home of a woman who is carrying out the mutilation. She might have a dozen children there, and they might stay at camp for up to a month's time. The woman feeds them, and she instructs them. in the traditional values, like keeping your mouth shut, and only speaking when you're given authorization. However, sometimes there are lessons on good values for human relationships. 97% of women in Guinea have had their genitals mutilated. So, you would think with all of that information, somebody would have mentioned the reason that it is common. Oh, this is what they wrote. There are several reasons why genital mutilation is carried out. That could be for cultural reasons or traditions. Some people say that their grandparents did it. People think that they should do it. There could, oh yes, these children are saying, my grandmommy did it, so I should do it too. You're right. right. They they should be economic reasons because it's a source of revenue for the people who carry it out. And it can be related to ideas of dignity and honor. It is also related to a desire of patriarchal society to control the sexuality of a growing girl. And Why is it that it's always the mothers who perpetrate this on the daughters? Somebody forgot to look up the demographics of Guinea. What percentage of uh, Guinea do you suppose is
1: Muslim? Yep.
2: Try
0: ninety-five
2: percent. There is your That's problem. You don't. If you are not willing to speak out against Islam, then you are aiding, abetting the mutilation of hundreds of millions of little girls. I read some things sometimes, and I just shake my head and wonder how can anybody. Than a position of authority, be so stupid. Defense Minister of Israel, uh, Ya'ov Galant, is uh, considering trying to form a unity government with opposition party leaders, Yer Lapid uh, of uh, Yesh Atid and Benny Gantz of the National Unity Party to ease the rift in society caused by the coalition's judicial overhaul plans. First of all, the Riften Society is not based upon the coalition's uh, judicial overhaul plans, but the response of Lapide and Gantz to those plans. And Lapid is a progressive communist. He is, he is like the Satan of Israel. Looks the part, plays the part to trust him in a coalition that can dissolve the government one day just by saying, we don't want to play anymore, goodbye, government's over, you'd have to be insane. And Benny Gantz has come on over and over again. And Benny Gantz is, is interesting in that Benny Gantz is a moderate to conservative. He fits much better with Likud than he does uh, with uh, Lapid and the Liberals. He uh, got bent out of shape the last time that he formed a coalition government with uh, Netanyahu that was going to allow him to share a term, and Netanyahu backed out of that agreement. So he's got his uh, you know, panties all in a bunch. So he's not going to do it. So why would you, as a member of Likud, as a the top Likud member in the coalition's ministry, make such a stupid statement? Hey there would be a 0% chance that such a coalition would hold together or that it would be of any value. That story that I uh, shared with you about uh, the uh, um, addition to a basic law, United Torah Judaism, uh, the first clause of that bill I should share with you says Torah study is a supreme value in the heritage of the Jewish people. If it was actually the Torah, it would be true. But that's not what they mm-hmm. study. The first clause of the bill called the Basic Law says the Torah study uh, is this uh, value in the heritage of the Jewish people. The second clause says the state of Israel is a Jewish state, views the, uh, the encouragement of Torah study and Torah students with the utmost importance regarding their rights and duties to those who dedicate themselves to studying Torah for an extended period and should be viewed as having served a significant service to the state of Israel and the Jewish people, they are absolute parasites, a complete waste of time. They have no education. They don't study math. They don't study the sciences. They don't study English. They speak mostly uh, Yiddish. They have no job skills. Most do not work. And all they do is go play religious dress-up and uh, treat women as if they have no value uh, and uh, degrade the nation of Israel. And they have themselves no rights. They're not allowed to think or act on themselves. The rabbi dictates everything that happens in their lives. It is an absolute waste of humanity. Last month... uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, announced plans to uh, visit China. Uh, Xi not only said that he welcomes him to China, but says he's tremendously looking forward to the visit. Uh, Israel's second largest trading partner is uh, China. Um, And uh, China is the dominant player now in the Middle East. Um, And so Netanyahu, of course, is going to China. But his own internal actors are saying, "Oh no, no, can't do that, bad thing. You're going to upset America. America can't can't harm uh, U.S. Uh, Israeli interests." Tamir Hamen and other uh, former heads of military intelligence said, "It's a very special relationship we have with the United States. It's in danger, danger. Don't go to China." What did Biden just do? Didn't he send his Secretary of State just recently to China? <clears throat> Haven't he met with China? Uh, over and over again, including mm-hmm. fairly recently. So it's okay for the United States to meet with China. It's not okay for Israel to meet with China. Is, but Israel a vassal of the United States?
0: Apparently, think so.
2: Apparently. While we weren't looking, Hamas decided to raid an Islamic Jihad mosque in Gaza. <laughs> They actually uh, broke a uh, the uh, the imam's hand, uh, and it was quite a melee. The uh, video of the whole thing was pretty amazing. But imagine that Hamas uh, terrorists went in and raided Islamic Jihad mosque, because well, in the, in the nature of Islam is uh, has all to do with who's in power and who's being enriched. Uh, You know, we read on this program just recently that the United States was uh, considering uh, uh, offering uh, Ukraine uh, cluster munitions. Uh, And we talked about how unbelievably stupid that was. Uh, You know that within a week of the time, the United States says we're considering doing it, that uh, Ukraine was using them? Yeah. So they, they had not only been decided upon, but shipped and were in the yep. uh, the field, and had troops trained to use them about a month before it was discussed. I uh, read these things, and wow. you just wonder what's happening. Seymour Hersh uh, had an article uh, this week where he was talking about the stupidity of the Ukraine. He says, you know, there is no exit strategy, there's no legitimacy. He says, you know, the, the fact of the matter on the Ukraine is that They went into the Ukraine for the same reason the United States would go into Mexico if China decided to turn uh, Tijuana uh, into a a, uh, military outpost for China uh, and uh, station their nuclear uh, submarines and uh, uh, their aircraft carriers and large uh, uh, numbers of troops in uh, Tijuana. The United States would not tolerate that and would uh, act the same way that Putin did. And he says, and yet, that's what we did in Ukraine. Uh, We gave him no choice, and then we are uh, allowing uh, well over $100 billion of weaponry to be squandered there, um, killing Russians and Ukrainians. For what? There is no end in this. There is no winning. The offensive, the... uh, Ukrainian um, uh, uh, assault to reclaim territory has completely failed. Uh, when uh, the Crimean bridge was recently damaged again, it was U.S. operatives, U.S. weapons. Um, the whole thing is now the U.S. in war against Russia. Uh, and even Seymour Hirsch, who is a liberal, Saying, the only explanation for such stupidity on behalf of the Biden administration is that the promises that uh, were made on behalf of Biden's son when he was uh, rewarded and bribed as part of the uh, Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. Incredibly sad. As we uh, conclude the, uh, the news... Um, President Biden is uh, is now claiming that he is such a spendthrift that he is such an economic wizard that he says in my first 2 years in office I have reduced the deficit by 1.7 trillion more than any president in just 2 years. Now, of course it's ridiculous and it's soon to be overtaken by far worse numbers. The only reason that the deficit went down in the first year uh, is that Trump had uh, come up with that four, remember the 400, uh, uh, how many, it was stunning numbers of, of, of money, but a $4 trillion uh, uh, COVID uh, relief package. And with $4 trillion as part of the COVID relief package, the deficit uh, went up to an unprecedented uh, level, uh, around um, uh, $3.1 trillion. And then uh, he, his renewals, he, rather than saying, well, we need another $4 trillion, his Build Back Better and a number of other initiatives failed to get uh, passed, and therefore uh, the deficit uh, fell to $1.4 trillion uh, when he was unable to pass uh, additional stimuli. Uh, so the difference was $1.7 uh, trillion only because you're comparing the, the $4 trillion package that Trump had passed. And then, of course, uh, uh, this year, now that he is, uh, is past all this, the deficit uh, is, uh, is expected to be exactly what he claimed he saved and increasing back to $1.7 trillion. It is a, a lovely way to play with the numbers. All right, so that's the, uh, the news, unless you guys have something to, uh, to add, and we'll uh, take, I think we have uh, a bunch of questions, so we'll see how many that we can get through uh, today. Okay. What is our first question?
0: First question. Uh, since contemporary Orthodox Judaism teaches that Satan doesn't exist, what is the best way in your opinion to approach dissolving that myth when sharing Yahweh's words with Jews coming out of Orthodox Judaism? Well, well why
2: don't we yeah, why don't we start with reading uh Zachariah, Zachariah uh three beginning uh and in, uh, in one and two, uh and uh, and ask yourself who is that that is listed as Hasatan? Uh and once you get past uh, that, why don't you read First Chronicles uh, 2.1, uh, which uh, says that because of Satan's uh, influence uh, in Israel, uh, Dode had to respond uh, to uh, uh, muster uh, a defense. Uh, but it goes way beyond that. Uh, when you're dealing with Barashit, uh, Genesis, uh, that story refers to the adversary as uh, a serpent. When uh, uh, he is being discussed in um, Yahshua uh, 14, uh, he is given a name, uh, Hillel ben Shakar. Uh, some places he's, uh, he's called uh, the Leviathan. Uh, some places he is called the snake. Some places he's called the serpent. And sometimes he's called Ahabel, uh, Habel, uh, the, uh, the Lord. Uh, there are many names. There's times when he's referred to as the Assyrian so where we're given a specific name, Hillel, uh, Ben Shakar, and we're given a job description adversary, and we're given a metaphor, snake, serpent, uh, Leviathan. Um, what, and we're, we're given a, uh, another title, which would be the Lord Baal, because each of these things helps explain how he operates. Um, how he uses a serpentine approach, um, how he uh, is venomous, how he likes to lord over people, uh, how he is adversarial to our interests. So to uh, claim that there is no Satan is about as credible as Judaism's claiming that Yahweh's name cannot be pronounced, or that Mm -hmm. they're looking for an unnamed Messiah, or that the, uh, uh, the first four Mikra were not fulfilled, or that Uh, Matzah doesn't exist. Uh, Pesach is really a seven-day celebration. I mean, take your pick. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a reason that the Jews uh, admit there's no salvation in Judaism. Did you want to add something to that, Kirk?
0: No, I was just saying, as as most of us who've been doing this a long time, uh, I'm not sure, number one, that you can... And not to avoid the answer direct answer but i i I don't think you can dissuade most religious people from uh, their indoctrinated beliefs. They have to walk away that's the first step in becoming uh um, going to Yah to begin with so i in and, and for that, I don't know of a single person uh that I have met and talked to at any degree where they didn't go to YAH to yah. Because in early days, that was the number one source and the only source, really. And then intro now with intro to God. Those are the two places that actually uh, reveal Yah's plans, the terms and conditions. I mean, that's where you start if you want to engage someone after mm-hmm. they've decided to walk away. yeah. Beyond that, uh, yeah. who cares? Yeah. They can yeah, fighting back and forth. Anyway.
2: And, you know, Hasatan is a name, particularly if you back out the, uh, the references in, uh, in Job, it's uh, not used a lot. Um, it's uh, Satan is used, I think, like six or seven times as a verb. Uh, it appears 17 times in the Masoretic text. Most of those happen to be, though, in, in, in Job. Um, but there is so much of an emphasis on this adversarial influence. Um, you know, he's described by Dode in the role of Gabriel uh, during uh the time that he dates his uh um arrival to fulfill the first four Moed Mikre. Um it uh is um uh you know detailed just excruciating detail in the role that he'll play, how where he'll come from, what his attitude is, what his intentions are, and uh Yashaya fourteen. You you really have to eliminate enormous swaths of Torah and prophets. To, uh, uh, to pretend that Satan doesn't exist. I get, you know, And one of the things, too, is that even Rosh Hashanah, uh, it's, uh, in Jewish uh, religious lore, it's based upon fooling Satan. So uh, I think the, right. uh, problem, right. the, pro- the problem there is that rabbis will say and do anything uh, that makes them uh, popular, and pretending there's no Satan, since there's no salvation in Judaism, is a pretty clever trick.
3: Oh. I had a, a thought on that, if you don't mind me. But again,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, sure. I've, I've run into this quite often with Jews online. You know, my, my Mamamadiz, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm-hmm. uh, he's responsible mm-hmm. for this train of thought. Not all Orthodox Jews believe this, but he was able to chalk it up to what they call yetzer Hara, which is an evil impulse that comes from men and not some spiritual intervention, you know, mm-hmm. and that he... Described that it prevents human beings from submitting to divine will. Well, there's just so many flaws there; it's just not true. And so, for any Jews listening, you know, Mike Craig is telling you read the Torah. It clearly states there is, and, and the rabbis are just absolutely lying. There's just no other way around. Yeah. It. So it's yeah, important. In fact, the fact is that most
2: most human malfeasance is, is, comes from religion and politics. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the gang mm-hmm. mentality of humanity. is is bankrupt. And so when uh, men and women get together within religious and political organizations, uh, they act uh, exceedingly badly. Um, uh, And they do not need a Hasatan, an adversary, a snake, a serpent, or Halal ben Shakar to egg them on. When right. it comes to the really big things, like the creation of Judaism, the Christianity, the creation of, of Islam, affecting uh, billions of people, uh, um, that in those cases, uh, Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany, in those cases, there is a strong satanic influence. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Paul specifically admitted to being demon-possessed. Muhammad specifically not acknowledged that he was uh, demon-possessed. So um in those big uh areas uh i think there's no question that there's satanic influence particularly in religion because that is satan's goal he wants to be worshiped as if he were god um but outside religion uh, you know man is uh, is quite capable of being a demonic
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay so uh, do you have a, another question on your list i think it's uh, it's we go well beyond 2 don't we
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> who is who exactly are the Zoroa and how many are there? Yeah. Um, you, you want to take it or, or sure? Uh, yeah. you know,
2: the reality is that uh, there was a um, a time when I would have uh, said there was one because the Torah defines the Zerua as the sacrificial lamb, uh, but unfortunately, the one that I would have applied it to doesn't actually exist. That would be Yosha. Uh, the Zoroa, according to Yahweh, uh, is primarily and overwhelmingly Dode. Uh, in the 89th Mismore, we've uh, we read it just in the first third of the Mismore, The title Zoroa was applied to Dode three different times. The title Messiah was uh, applied to him once. King was applied to him once. Um, so there really is no more important title ascribed to Dode than Zoroa. Uh, 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 we're also told. Uh, And I think it's in Yashayah, but we're also told that Moshe was a Zerohah. A can mean many things. It it means a strong arm, uh, and it's a strong arm of God. It can mean a protective shepherd. It can, uh, but it primarily speaks of a sacrificial lamb. Um, But it's also one, because it's it's based on Zerah, who sows seeds which take root and grow, producing uh, fruit. Um, so there is actually a third Zoroa. So there are two monumental Zoroas. Uh, uh, Do, uh, or Moshe is uh, Zeroa 1, and uh, the great Zoroa, uh, Zeroa 2, is Dote, And then there's a pipsqueak uh, Zoroa, uh, only because <laughs> uh, Zoroa is such an important concept to convey to God's people that they're Messiah and King the very son of God served as the uh, sacrificial lamb as the Zoroa uh, and that that is his most important uh, accolade and achievement uh, that it is an essential part of our understanding. And over the last 3000 years, nobody, but nobody has gotten it has understood it. Mm -hmm. So the first person to take this, this this essential title, uh, and uh, announce that it is being used to uh, describe Dode and and what he did at the most important time of his lives uh, is is here and now, and that's the reason why even Yashaya 53 is introduced with Are you aware of the uh, of the witness that has come to know the identity of the Zoroa and so my buddy uh, Yeshia, um also uh, and both he and there's a reference in the Torah from Moshe uh, that ascribe the uh, the pipsqueak Z uh, the, the the guy who is is not the strong arm of God he is not the protective uh, shepherd he's not the sacrificial lamb but he is one sowing the seeds which will take root and grow uh, to announce the actual identity of the important Zoroa, most important Zoroa dote. And so um, um, I am the uh, pipsqueak uh, Z, uh, as I like <laughs> to refer to it in the text, the little Z. So there are three of them um, is the direct answer to your question. Awesome.
0: Okay, we'll go to the next one. And you want to read something?
3: Sure, I'll take three. Um, they ask, is Yosha just a title? Or is it a name? Is it inappropriate to use Yosha and Dode interchangeably? And is Dode the real name that the Pesach lamb went by in his second life?
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Uh, um, I don't think anybody was using uh, the uh, um, mission statement, if you will, Yosha. Uh, from uh, Yahu, Yahu's uh, name, and Yasha, the verb, to liberate and save, prior to the writing of these books, uh, Yada Yada. And now I'm devoting uh, what will be two years of my life to eliminate that name. So I I think that 22 years ago, I was the first to use it uh, and explain that it was uh, primarily a mission statement. And now I will spend two years of my life uh, erasing it from the text. So um, I like uh, uh, to use my time in the most productive way. So I can assure you, I would not be spending two years of my life. And it's not just me, um, uh, Jackie and the uh, the edit team are, are right with me, um, uh, uh, JK, uh, Mike, uh, Molly, Todd. Um, I, this is a, a, a real collective effort uh, uh, to to get the text right, so the answer to your question is, um, there is uh, there is a person named Yosha. Uh, he was uh, Moshe's successor, um, and he's a very important person. His name is Yosha Ben Nun, um, but that's the last of the Yoshas. Uh, well, there actually is a, a high priest that is being dressed down, and uh, that uh, meeting with Satan. Uh, and Zachariah uh, three um, but uh, he is a a bit player and uh not of uh, of importance um, so no i do I do think it's inappropriate to uh to use the uh, the name uh, Yosha um, I thought my original reasoning was uh, was sound um, and I have learned that um, no that's just not true and one of the reasons that you're you're, you're long for it is that the, it's, it's, it's one thing to say that the Christian New Testament is wrong about many things. It's another thing to say that the focus of the Christian New Testament is a myth. Uh, and that's what you basically come to when you realize there's no Yosha, that it was Dode who fulfilled the Moed Mikre, there were, therefore there were no disciples. Uh, and that the entirety of the story, from beginning to end, as it uh, is uh, presented in the Christian New Testament, is uh, is a fantasy at the the level of um, the Odyssey,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's where you come to. Um, and so it is it is that kind of a dressing down. So no, there was no Yosha. Uh, Yahweh does save. That is true, but He saves the same way He does everything. And that's he chooses someone to work through, and the person he chose to work through in this case actually chose to do this and asked for the right to do it, and that would be uh, his son, the firstborn, uh, Dode. So um, Dode is the uh, uh, is the name of the individual who fulfilled pesach, um, and. I don't think he, uh, he kept that a secret in his uh, second life. I've just finished, though, writing uh, vociferously about this subject, and that we'll cover it shortly, and a rewrite mm. of Volume 5 of Yadaya. Um, and in Volume mm-hmm. 5 of Yadaya, I'm dealing with, uh, in fact, just tearing to ribbons, uh, Acts 2, uh, as uh, it describes, uh, uh, allegedly, the fulfillment of Shibua, and it is completely rotten from beginning to end. Uh, and one of the things that I say is that uh, that it is an extraordinary set of circumstances because Dode as Gabriel, uh, when reporting what he was going to do and the specific day he was going to do it and how his people were going to respond to him uh, as the Messiah, uh, that... Um, Dode is, a, uh, is uh, telling his people, this is what I am going to do, why I'm going to do it, and exactly when I'm going to do it and how you're going to respond. You know, on the 22nd Mismore, he says, this is what's going to happen to me as I fulfill Pesach, Masa, and Bukurum. Um When Yashaya wrote the 9th, uh, chapter, what we call the ninth chapter now, he said, you know, this child will be born, this son will be given. His name, by the way, is Dodd. And these are the things that he's going to do. And then in Yeshia 53, it explains exactly what is the reasons that Dodd is going to take on our guilt uh, on Pesach and Matzah. And so what you have is this enormous Swath of information all the way, in fact, it's mentioned one way or another in the first 30 mismore Of detailed eyewitness accounts of exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, to whom it's going to happen. And so when it happens, there's nothing more to say. We were told when it was going to happen, who was going to do it and exactly what would transpire. And so when it actually transpired, there was nothing more to say. So there's no purpose whatsoever for this balderdash of the Christian New Testament. It's all untrue anyway. And one of the things that Tote that said when speaking as Gabriel, God's most capable and, and competent individual, when uh, relaying what he was going to do and how he was going to do it, is. is, Understand that when I do this, it's going to bring an end to prophecy. There will be no more prophets. There will be no more divine revelation. So there were no prophets available. There's no one that God could have worked with to say this is what happened. And even more important, prophecy is explaining what's going to happen in the future, writing it down in the past. So when it does happen as it was explained, you can trust the source. Prophecy is not writing a contemporaneous historical account. That's what men do. Mm -hmm. So as it was happening, it wouldn't be prophecy. And there were no prophets. So you can throw away the entirety of the Christian New Testament. The only reason even to discuss it is to understand how this monster operates and how it legitimizes its uh, uh, quest to haunt and torture and demonize Jews and to that's help sad. free some Christians from it, so uh, and Jews from it. So, um, yeah, it was a uh, doed and you don't have to worry about the fact that the Christian New Testament has a a misnomer, uh, Ayusu, who became Jesus, because no such individual ever existed. I guess that's a long answer I'm, on three.
3: So, uh, let's no, that's great.
1: I enjoyed it. Good
3: stuff. Okay, what's next? So on Teruah in 2001, uh, they asked, can you please explain how the passage from Psalms 91 happened to be in your pocket?
2: Nope. I have (laughs) no idea. (laughs) I assume that Yahweh put it there. Uh, But (laughs) I pulled it out. I read it. It answered my questions. I said, okay, 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 you win. I'm not going to fight this, thank you very much. Should I have asked for more um, <laughs> oh i uh, uh, I read it. I was impressed cool. it uh It performed as uh as uh, designed uh and uh you know as listen the there is a tendency of uh of even covenant members but of people in general. To get uh, caught up in the details as to uh, uh, what may have uh, transpired or how things are going to work, as opposed to the big picture. How that ended up in my pocket is a detail. Uh, I don't care how God did it. In fact, you know, if it was a miraculous printing and a miraculous insertion, it wouldn't impress me. Uh, If it was just something as uh, commonplace, it, it wouldn't bother me. Because that's not what matters. What matters is was asked to, to do something. I had objections. Uh, I was encouraged to negotiate, and the answers were given to me, and the answers are profound, and the answers have all been honored. It's been 22 years since that time, and I've done something that – I've done many things that no one in human history has ever done. Mm-hmm. And everything that I was asked uh, – that I asked for, that was uh, offered – has been fulfilled exactly as was promised. And for Yahweh to have something like that said, um, written 3,000 years ago, to apply to that time, uh, that's the big picture. That's what impresses me. How it got there is... Uh, I've is, uh, never even thought about it. I'm not even curious. I guess that's strange because people are looking for miraculous things, and I think the miracle is in the power of the words.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Can okay, we move on? Do we get a question? O- this question often: um, How and where I read Yahweh's Torah? I'm the cynic. I am cynical of anything I find online, and I want to read read it as Yahweh intended, without any Paulisms. Uh, and I noticed that you Torah is now supplied on your website. Where do I find a trusted source? So the Torah <laughs> is
2: not – did I read that correctly? <laughs> or heard that correctly? The Torah is not supplied on the website? Well, that, okay, I don't know. Can I just, can I just uh, make one suggestion, which is on the website, David, who is, is, uh, is spectacular for us. I dearly love uh, what David has done. And uh, he and, and uh, Jackie in particular work so beautifully together. Uh, but they've done something that, uh, and this is probably a year old now, but uh, that I asked for, and, uh, and they found a way to do it that is beautiful, which is an index. And you go to the, uh, the top of, of the uh, uh, yadaya.com website, and you will see one of the things in the header says index. And if you click index and you start with the first five books, uh, what you will find is that we have translated almost all of Bob Rasheth Genesis mm-hmm. It's all there so if there's something in Ba Rashid's Genesis you want to read, chances are <laughs> it's not only translated in one place but in multiple places. I mean some sometimes it appears five and six times in these uh, in these volumes. Uh, you then go to uh, uh, Shemoth Exodus and vast majority of it is presented uh uh Kara leviticus uh, particularly as it relates to the presentation of the moed Mikre and the uh, uh what the yobel represents uh the uh, the it's detailed it's all there uh, i'm gonna say that okay i haven't you know done all of uh, of numbers uh I, you know uh it, it's um in a little hit and miss uh, there. Um, I'm not quite as into the genealogies as my friend D, who put together that wonderful timeline. <laughs> uh, uh, and the, uh, um, but when it comes to Dabodim, oh my goodness, yeah. there's not there's not significant <laughs> sections of Dabarim <laughs> oh. that we have not covered. So if you if you want to read yeah. the uh, the Torah as presented in yada uh go to the index and you know pick your pick your spot and and go. Now.
3: You know, and our can approach can has been to some go of this online.
2: Yeah, and you know, my, my approach too, has been um, it's one integrated whole. Torah, Prophets, psalms, one thing. The Torah is full of prophecy. the prophets are full of Torah teaching. Um, and so I, my fun in this whole thing is seeing how the whole picture fits together, and how all the details work to compose this portrait of who Yahweh is, what he's offering and what he's asking in return. And so the entire emphasis is, let's go and translate the portions of the Torah, the portions of the of the uh, uh, the Mizmor, and the portions of the uh, Nabi uh, prophets that help us see the picture clearly of who Yahweh is, what he's offering, and what he's asking in return. And that to me is more interesting than just sitting there and, and doing a uh, uh, a translation of the of the Torah without commentary or without trying to integrate these things to form a clearer picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, what were you going to say, Kurt?
0: No, I was just going to say that's that's an awful good answer. The uh, a lot of this, uh, if your if your concern is are, are these reliable, then of course you're going to have to do some work yourself. You're going to have to get in a leonary, uh, some lexicons, yeah. and so forth, and dig into it and learn how to understand these Hebrew words and what they mean mm-hmm. in context. You'll need a little bit on yep. grammar. Um, yep. I use pictographs the because they're absolutely fun to me, but I use them in conjunction with everything else. Uh, I've got a ton of stuff I use, and I have it online. And quite frankly, uh, initially I spent several hundred dollars to get enough lexicons, uh, hardcover things, and now so much of it is online, and you just pick which one. To speak to you, I guess. Yep. Which ones are easiest to read, and you will be yep. able to ascertain about any question, yeah. Uh, anything there.
2: Yeah. Um, now, one thing I think we could do that would be helpful, um, and it's a big project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if anybody's looking for a really big project, um, but <laughs> a a glossary of terms uh, would be a a nice addition. So you take the thousand words that are used the most, words and names that are used the most, and uh, and come up with a um, a amplified definition of those words so that somebody can look up those words without because if you buy just one lexicon you are typically going to get misled you, you really need five six or seven to be able to do the job five right nine. you have to have some sense kirk as you do <laughs> of what the letters actually convey in these words and of course there are things that are defined in context there's there's a lot that goes to it but I think a glossary would still help. I also think that a um, uh, a primer on um, on uh, Hebrew grammar would help, particularly with the uh, the stems. Yeah. Uh, one of the problems yeah. is if you look at uh, it's, uh at some of these uh, that have been done, is that they're they're mostly done on a, on a basis that they just don't have any punch to them. It's the the tool that I uh, I use is actually a very old one that explains. Um, the relationship between the uh, subject and the object relative to the nature of the verb. And so it, it, it takes, you're, you're not going to be able to go just to, to some um, pedantic uh, 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 academic um, source and copy and paste. It really is going to take some, uh, some work or at least have access to the tools that I use uh, that explain the, the complex relationship uh, that exists between the subject and the object relative to the action of the verb, um, but I think mm-hmm. that uh, that and in a, uh, a comprehensive explanation of the perfect, the imperfect, and the three volitional moods uh, would mm-hmm. would contribute to somebody's ability to um, uh, to verify this. So I think that would be a um, a useful tool going forward.
0: Well, most of the interlinears also will have all that underneath it, so you'll at least know what they're talking about if you're not a grammarian. You'll at least be able Correct. to say, oh, okay, well, what, a, that's yeah, what the, yeah, the, the
2: Yeah, the online interlinears that, uh, that uh, I use, um, uh, it will state um, uh, the stem, uh, what the conjugation is. It will um, um, present that kind of information, and, and they because they're um, electronically linked, you can um, immediately read if if you have forgotten or you just need the verification mm-hmm. with the HIFL stem or the call stem or the the NIFL or, mm-hmm. or any one of these the hit pile. Uh, it will tell you what that stem means relative to the relationship between the uh, the subject and the uh, and the object in the sentence. And even that's a little bit you know that's why it's uh, there's some. Artistry here, because Hebrew grammar, particularly the old grammar, was, was not subject, verb, object, as we write in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even um, uh, adjectives and adverbs uh, don't um, uh, typically uh, uh, flow in the same order we would have them in English, like it's not a red wagon, but wagon red. Uh, it's not uh, uh, set apart spirit, but spirit set apart. Um, so it there is a, a difference and um so there's some artistry involved too. It's uh, you have to do it a long time, I think. Um and oh, yeah. um, uh, and really be passionate about it. Uh to to get proficient at it. Um but I, no? personally yeah, personally though, I think the single uh, biggest issue for uh translating getting to yeah. know you. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, do, I right? so. yeah, I think so. When you understand Yahweh, you know, who he is, what he's offering, what he cares about, what he expects in return, once you come to know those things, then you will, you will look at the various meanings of, of words, which many have a dark and a light side, and, and there's uh, many mm-hmm. different connotations, and you'll know, yeah. uh, have a better sense as to uh, what aspect of that word's meaning you'd apply in this particular sentence. So, uh, you know, I go in with a bias. My bias is Mm -hmm. I know, I like, I love, I respect Yahweh, and I understand what he is trying to achieve, uh, and my goal is to help other people see that. So Mm -hmm. if I have an opportunity to take a word like anah, and it's used in an invitation uh, for us to meet with Yah, one of the seven times during his Moed Mikre, and that the word's primary meaning is to respond and to answer, And its uh, tertiary meaning is to afflict, um, and it's an invitation from God to do something wonderful for us. Well, I am not going to write afflict, and I'm going to write answer and respond. It it just seems,
0: yes. Oh, let's see here. Where where are we at?
2: Why the covenant members? uh, I think we've done six or five or six. So whatever. Seven. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay.
3: You want to go, Kirk?
0: Well, go ahead. You can
3: go. No, you, you can read it. Go ahead, Ben.
0: Okay. Why do some covenant members think that the harvest years such as 2026 or 2029 would be possible? What's the possibility that they don't the role of Yah in the spring of 2030, 2030 by the way of the Ruach Kodesh, or the Ruach spirit? Is there any statement to support this possibility? Thank you, Shalom. Jean,
2: um, no. First, yeah, first, uh, 2026 or 2029, the absolute earliest that Teruah could be filled in terms of this final harvest would be in 2026. That would be fully seven years before, um, Yahweh and Dode return. Uh, I think that yep. is unlikely. I hope that's unlikely. We'd have very little time and Israel would have to fall apart at an, at an alarming rate, although Israel is complying, uh, with that at this point. Um, uh, and so the fact is actually right now, uh, uh, just this evening, the Biden administration put out a press release saying that uh, they're close to having a deal with Saudi Arabia uh, that will incorporate uh, its support for Israel. But what the United States wants is for Israel to uh, to cancel um, judicial reform, to throw out the uh, more conservative members of the current coalition uh, and to uh, accept uh, the two state solution. Uh, so it is the destruction of Israel that is required for it to have peace with uh, with Saudi Arabia. That's the kind of stuff that will ac- accelerate this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of this is, you know, if you're reading just the Christian New Testament, you're going to come up with well, the tribulation is seven years, and uh, and the rapture takes place at the beginning of it. Well, the the fact of the matter is that um, uh, there is no rapture. Uh, uh, tribulation is not a very good. Uh, reflection of the time of Jacob's troubles, and the time of Jacob's troubles, they, you would get the uh, the sense that it is really the last three and a half years, uh, with exception of uh, of a timeline that is presented uh, by uh, Gabriel, was Dode, and uh, and uh, uh, to uh, Daniel, uh, and so we have to be a little bit careful here, and that Daniel was the scribe, and he was a real scallywag. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Dode, obviously knows the timing and, in, in his presentation, you would have both a, a full seven year period and a three and a half year period. Um, uh, so there's the possibility either way, according to that text, when you're reading Yashaya and Yashaya in 17 is explaining the order of things, you get uh, more of a feel for 2027 as being the, the most likely time, um. Uh, maybe 2028. 20, uh, I've come to the conclusion that the uh, that uh, just knowing Yahweh that the that the more time we have, the better. Uh, and it's uh, it's uh, it's the right mindset for us to have to prepare for as long as we can possibly be here to help as many people as possible come to know Yahweh, uh, and that puts it at 2029. 20, so that's my mm-hmm. that is my preference. Just because to say earlier, I think, is defeatist, and to say later is is better for God's people. It's better for Yahweh, better for Dod, better for uh, Yehudim. It's better for everyone if it's late. So uh, that is yeah. that is uh, certainly my preference. Um, the second part of that um, is that. Um, uh, and by the way, <laughs> I, by the way, by the way, the year that happens. I do not care. Again, the job okay. is to fulfill Tarua, which is to be an effective messenger on behalf of Yahweh's people to both warn them and to encourage them to come home to Yahweh before it's too late. That's right. the purpose of it. The purpose of it isn't for uh, uh, the, the, the group of us to go off to space camp. <laughs> That's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is for us to do what we're doing now. The longer we have to do it, the better. So that's my view on it. Um, the, uh, the, the, the second part of it, is that a possibility that Dode is going to fill the role uh, of uh, Elia? Absolutely, no. unequivocally no. Elia is going to fill the role of Elia. Uh, the, <laughs> no other no. Witness, uh, the other witness uh, is, is yours truly. Uh, It is not a privilege. It is not an honor. I'm not bragging about it. It's just that it's so obvious when you read the text, there is no other viable candidate. And it is mentioned and and hinted at and and described in every possible way. Uh, So, um, you know, there you go. Um, And we're going to uh, um, arrive in Jerusalem um, on uh, Pesach Passover, the 14th of Abib uh and 2030. Um so um that's the time aid of uh, of all that and our job is to tell the world Dote is returning. Dote is your savior. Dote is the Messiah. Um he's going to be the king of kings. Get your act together before it's too late because if you wait, it will be too late for you. You will not be included. So um are there any statements that support the possibility of it being doed? Absolutely not. Are there statements um, regarding the rest of this? Yeah, it's Malachi, uh, Malaki, uh, Zakaria, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all over Yasha. Um yeah. but you know, Yashia has a vested interest in this, so we we've gotta uh, take that with uh, not with a grain of salt, because uh, Yahshua is the greatest yeah. of the prophets in the sense of the, of the prophetic landscape, yeah. and, and Yahshua had the uh, uh, it was was like all of Yahweh's prophets. No one listened to him uh, when uh, when he was uh, delivering this, and and no one would for uh, for a couple of thousand years thereafter, almost 2,700 years thereafter, and so Yahweh said, console them, he said, "Hey man, man, trust me." <laughs> What you have received and revealed is going to play the pivotal role uh, towards the, uh, the fulfillment of each of the uh, the Moed Mekre, both in 33 CE and 20 uh, uh, 33 CE. And I have arranged it. I'm going to equip and I'm going to prepare. This little Z is going to take care of this. He's going to be your Bashar. He's going to he's going to share your words as they were meant to be heard at a time that's going to have a profound effect on uh on uh, your people so don't uh don't stress about this and so that's why there's so much reference to this in yes yeah all right
3: the the next question oh sorry Kirk did you have something to say
0: no 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 go 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 go.
3: okay uh, this was a jewish woman um, on twitter and this one really intrigued me uh, she asked according to a rab's opinion which is rabbi we yeah. can wish Shabbat Shalom to a non-Jew and respond to him, but they are not allowed to observe Shabbat and must be discouraged from being Shomer, which is based on Shamar. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts well, on this? And I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> no. my,
2: my, my thoughts are that uh, I, I take advice from uh, Yahweh, well, uh, not from uh, right. people who have absolutely no authority and that God despises, which would be the rabbis. Mm-hmm. Uh, So uh, I I hold the rabbis in contempt, uh, as does God. Yahweh is very uh, 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 focused on the observance of his Shabbat. The difference is uh, Shabbat is a verb in Hebrew, uh, and it speaks of the promise of seven, both promise and seven. And Yahweh is always shown very actively engaged doing things on uh, Shabbat, and it is an actionable concept. So I am uh, completely opposed to the thousand ways to do nothing on the Shabbat that is part of uh, Judaism. Uh, I am actually not a a big Shabbat Shalom kind of person. That is the common greeting amongst uh, Jews. Um, uh, I just, I've always rebelled uh, against anything that is uh, common or religiously uh, inspired, but uh, Mm -hmm. I I don't refrain from saying it because I do say it from time as uh, we sign off on this show. Uh, I'll say it to anyone. I don't care if uh, a uh, a Jew or a non-Jew says it to me. I don't care if I'm saying it to a Jew or a non-Jew. It is irrelevant. Uh, The uh, shalom means to reconcile, to have peace in the uh, relationship. It's a wonderful Hebrew term. Um, uh, Yahweh uses it uh, constantly. And Shabbat is a time to celebrate the promise of seven. Uh, so both, both words are, uh, are, are powerful in what they uh, convey to us. Um, and uh, I won't play the game of uh, religiosity of what a rabbi <laughs> says you cannot and uh, can do. Uh, as for uh, uh, being observant, uh, that is the problem of uh, rabbinical Judaism they uh, observe the wrong thing, and they have turned the idea of observance, which is to focus on, to closely examine and carefully consider, into a religion of, uh, of do this and no. do that, as if they don't even know what the word means anymore. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Oh, here well, that can. one really bothered me because, you know, there's a lot of, Nobody should be doing what the rabbis say, regardless, and mm-hmm. we agree on that. But to discourage people from being shamar, to, to pay attention, you can't get to Yahweh any other way, and it's totally Correct. wicked, in my opinion. Of course. And, dis- <laughs> and, of course, anyone. the rabbis
2: don't even know his name, so it's for darn sure right. they're, not being, they're not being observant. Um, but, no. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the first requirement for being part of the covenant, and you can't, there is no salvation apart from the covenant, is to forego religion. You have to walk away from Mm Babel, religion and politics. And so the very first thing you have to do if you're interested in forming a relationship with the Iowa is to disassociate from the rabbis. So I would strongly encourage doing as God suggests.
0: Next on the list. You
3: want to take the next one?
0: Sure, sure, Uh, another few questions we receive often. Congratulations. This is written to you, of course. Congratulations on your marriage. You sound so happy when you talk about your impressive bride on Yada Yada Show. Mm-hmm. Since mm-hmm. the Torah, Prophet, and Psalms do not specifically outline a process
1: uh,
0: for marriage, how should covenant members approach the marriage contract? Justice of a piece, Are waiting rings okay?
2: Yeah, I think the uh, the answer to the question is uh, as it's uh, described in the uh, the Torah. Uh, which is there is no ceremony ever. There are no vows mm-hmm. ever. Uh, there are no laws ever. Uh, it is a, um, uh, there isn't even an, a word for marriage, nor is there a word for husband or wife. Uh, isha and ish simply mean female and male individual. Uh, so recognizing that, uh, we we ought not try to ascribe rules and ceremonies on ourselves. Um, if you want to uh, share some some words with your uh, uh, love um, and make some promises to them, do so. But you know, be a little careful because um, people change uh situations change there's just no reason to make commitments that uh, you're, you're you can't honor i mean it's um uh you know there's such a difference in the presentation of uh of of relationships in the Torah. you know you look at um at jacob um he became an indentured servant to uh to be able to marry a very wicked man's uh, uh, daughter uh, and, to, and, and once he served for seven years as essentially a slave and an indentured servant, uh, you know, Laban tricked him and, and gave him Leia. Uh, Leah turned out to be the better of the two anyway, but he didn't know that at the time. He had to work another seven years as a slave to get the second one. And that wasn't enough because well, they started playing had maidens too, and you know, he had Children uh, that would represent the 12 tribes of Israel through uh, 12 handmaids who were essentially slaves. Um, So, you know, God's view of this is is not the monogamous view that is purported and and promoted by religion. Uh, You know, you look at uh, Dode, the man that I loved the most. He had eight wives and uh, and I I don't even know what the right term is. Concubine is such a, uh, I, I think, a pejorative term. Uh, I think he, he genuinely loved these women, and I don't think these women were were his uh, property. Uh, but so he had uh, ten lovers in addition to eight wives. Uh, God never had an issue with any of that. His only issue was really how he went about acquiring his eighth wife. Um, that God said, you know, that what you did there was really uh, was really pretty miserable. You should, it's disgusting what you did, uh, but. Um, you know, God's view of this is that uh, maybe man isn't as monogamous as we think. And that uh, relationships need an an out clause. And his out clause was write a letter to your spouse. Uh, But I understand that, you know, uh, there are men um, and even more women who like the security of, I've got a document, this person's mine and they're committed to me because, you know, they've said vows and they've got this document and, you know, it's, uh, that's not my mindset. Uh, my mindset is if you're unhappy with with uh, me in a relationship, go, you know, you're you're free to go. Uh, if you're happy with our relationship, then by all means, stay. Um, so I guess it's a little different uh, mm-hmm. uh, with me than it would be for others. But uh, I just try to take the Torah's point of view, which is there's no ceremony. Um, there are no vows. There are no uh, promises. There's no terminology for it. Um, the closest thing you get really is to the is the breath covenant. Um, and and so you can apply some of those principles as for the wedding mm-hmm. rings. Uh, I, I personally don't have any jewelry, so I, I don't wear a watch or a ring or a necklace or or uh, or anything. Um, uh, no piercings, no tattoos, no nothing. Uh, uh, Leo, my wife, um, whom I followed exactly this advice that I'm uh, giving and uh, sharing with you now. Uh, uh does wear a uh, a ring um and uh, and part of that too is that we live in a society uh that if a woman's not wearing a wedding ring uh men are very forward and yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's a comfort uh to her in uh in that regard and and i think she looks at it mm-hmm. and says you know okay this is uh uh this is where i am in this relationship and i and she enjoys that place i enjoy her being in that place. And, and so I don't think there's anything wrong with the, uh, the ring. I think it, uh, it's comforting and it's also a bit protective. Um, those are my thoughts. Okay.
3: I remember Jakob uh, or, or Yitzchak gave uh, Rachel jewelry as a gift. And when you look at Hosha 219, yeah. it's Aras Ata. I'm going to request that you be with me you know it's an yeah. engagement proposal mm-hmm. it's there's no ceremony and, and it's interesting that the writ of divorce is the anti rsata it's you know undoing the pledge it's just i'm canceling this out so you, it's
2: yeah. really yeah quite and and equal. Uh, and in the torah too what you it was it was the tent is the big thing so if mm-hmm. uh, you moved someone into your tent or you moved into their tent you were effectively acting as if you were uh, mm-hmm. married. And once you begin to act like you are married, there are certain responsibilities in the way that you will treat one another and communicate with one another and support one another and uh, support uh, your children if you, uh, if you have them, uh, but even just support one another in a home environment. So there are um, responsibilities that uh, you look at Chawa, she was given to Adam uh, as a means of, uh, of support. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, we are to support one another. And and I think there are responsibilities in any relationship that make the relationship meaningful. And if you're not willing to have, if both parties aren't willing to contribute, it just does not
0: work. Mm -hmm. That's good advice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say one other thing, too, is that the world is very hung up on sexuality, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, very hung up on on what is appropriate and inappropriate uh, sexually, Uh, Yahweh is not a cosmic killjoy. Uh, He designed uh, us as we are, and I think he very much uh, um, uh, wants us to explore and enjoy uh, sexuality and to have fun with it and and be creative with it and and bring each other pleasure uh, with it. Um, And there are really no restrictions other than uh, you know don't don 't do lammies and goats uh, that's a really demeaning and disgusting thing uh don't uh take advantage of another man when uh, just because you've you 've uh become victorious in war and sodomize him, that's that's really disgusting uh don't do your uh, uh your sons and daughters don't do your mothers and fathers um, uh, rape is a really bad thing uh pedophilia is a really bad thing and incest is a really bad thing it's just uh, these are all things that are exceedingly destructive to human relationships and the development of uh, uh, our development in a family setting. Um, so these things that God speaks out against, but um, um, otherwise uh, he was, had no problem with uh, Adam and Chawa being uh, completely naked. They had no problem being naked and I'm sure they figured out how these, their various parts fit together and, and, there was some pleasure and enjoyment uh, from that. So uh, God's yeah. very, very supportive. I think of sexuality. I think He invented it. I think He He uh, uh, did it uh, so that we could live rich and fulfilling lives.
0: Yeah, hey, uh... yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Says
2: the newlywed man who is now all choked up, saying, "Yeah, okay, I like that stuff too. Okay." <laughs> Do we have a, <laughs>
3: no,
2: that's a good Uh you're gonna to have to read the next one, D, I think you're more composed
3: than
0: Yeah, I than, think uh, so. Go uh, ahead.
3: Okay. Uh will souls who are not part of Yahweh's covenant family but did not mislead others in Yahweh's name dissipate directly after their mortal existence concludes? Uh
2: you know, the the fact of the matter is that uh, we're not uh, told and, and for the one of the reasons we're not told is that time uh, uh, as it relates to Yahweh, is just entirely different from us so if for example uh I, dode had a uh, had a period of suspended animation between uh lives one and two and between two and three uh, Dode wouldn't even know it. It would just be one moment to the next uh and so it's it's immaterial and it would be immaterial on on people who have uh, who are uh, going to dissipate because they do not know Yahweh and immaterial on people who are going to end up in Sheol. I, I think that it makes the most sense for those who are going to be end up in Sheol to be in a uh, suspended animation, so they, one moment they're dead, the next moment, from their perspective, they're being judged, but that those moments may be thousand years apart. Um, uh, but it will be immediate from their perspective, um, and, uh, and I think there's no reason to awaken somebody who does not know Yahweh, but who didn't lead, uh, in a material way, lots of people astray, uh, unless it is to awaken them so that they can witness those who may have seriously abused them or those they love, uh, for recompense. And I think they're entitled mm-hmm. to that. Uh, and, uh, but otherwise, uh, I don't think it
0: matters. That can okay. kind of answer, next two doesn't it where are the soul, uh, next two I, I think it's the same answer this would apply here where are the souls of Paul and Kiva currently waiting for judgment
2: yeah I think um, that uh, I think I just answered <laughs> that, which is there <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah it would be foolish to send them off to sheol and then bring them back for judgment mm-hmm. right that's just ridiculous just, well, so the, the yeah. God's not ridiculous. So the thing that makes the most sense is that they're put in a uh, a suspended animation. Uh, From their point of view, it was they died, and the next cognitive moment will be they will be there uh, in the process of being judged. And so for them, it will look like an instant, uh, but it will also give us the opportunity to do the right thing and to send them uh, not only into Shield but... but, uh, explain the reasons that they're uh, they're going there
3: yeah this mm. is bordering on purgatory which is absolutely not in the no. torah anywhere to be found but, so
2: no uh, no purgatory
3: yeah mm. um so is soul sleep a real thing before dode's sacrifice did all souls go to Sheol or a place of waiting similar
2: question yeah i think that's the the same thing we've been talking about is that
3: yeah
2: well my pri- was that? We're not told. We, we do know that Dode for a period went into a altered state of consciousness. He, uh, there was the word, Hebrew word for sleep, was uh, was used as it relates to altered consciousness. So there is the possibility that Dode would have said, "I want to do this. I, I want to be brought back in uh, in year four thousand. I want to fulfill the Moed Mekre." And he may have been um, um, kept uh, in a suspended animation from the, the moment he lived his first life to the second. I actually think that makes more sense because if he yeah. had spent that thousand years in Shamaim in heaven and uh, and then, after being a seven dimensional creature and spending all this wonderful time with Yahweh, had to go down there and mm-hmm. uh, and live uh, thirty years as a uh, a human or thirty three years as a human and then and then uh, suffer in this way, uh, that seems to be to be uh, to be meaner meaner uh, so i 'm hoping it was. That from his point of view, I go from one moment to the next as if there was no thousand year gap um, uh, in this uh, process. With one exception, I I, I would I would think it would be more fair to Dode to to give him the same thing that I hope that that uh, I get that Elia I'm certain has, which is that uh, prior to coming back as one of the two witnesses, I'm hoping there is that six months. Of spending it with Yahweh, uh, being recharged, uh, um, uh, there'd be a, a level of confidence and a, and a level of, uh, of commitment that would go with that. That I think is uh, is important in reinforcing. And so I'm, uh, I think it probably happened with Dode. Uh, I think it's happening with uh, Elia. Uh, I hope it happens with uh, with us too, so that. It's kind of a, a little bit of a blend, mostly suspended animation, but sometime they're just uh, as as reinforcement.
3: Yeah. Well, in that vein, are the souls of Covenant family who have died immediately transformed into light and adopted to us, yes family in Shemling? Yeah, but we're getting... We're,
2: this is, again, uh, details over the big picture. <laughs> um, uh, since, listen, time does not flow for a, uh, a four-dimensional creature, much less a seven-dimensional creature, the way it does for us. So from Yahweh's perspective, we can go from one life to the next in an instant uh, and uh, and have no waiting around, and there could be a thousand-year gap between them. So, um, uh, And from our perspective, we wouldn't know if there's a gap or no gap. We'd have no way of knowing okay. if we go directly to Shamayim with Yahweh or if there is a a gap of of, uh, seven years or ten years or that sort of thing. So it's just uh, that we need to understand that time does not move uh, and flow uh, at the same rate and is not perceived the same way by a seven-dimensional creature that it is uh, by a three-dimensional creature, and we're going to become seven-dimensional creatures. So the answer is it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Um, and I, I wouldn't be, I uh, wouldn't be concerned about it. Uh, and really, yeah, I was not in a position to tell us, uh, uh, about these kinds of things on time because we're, we're, we're just in a different situation. We're stuck in the ordinary flow of it. He's not. time, um, is perceived completely different by him and it will be perceived completely different by us. So I wouldn't get caught up on, um on the detail of uh, of time. It's where you're going, and uh, the fact that you're gonna have uh, these increases all the way into uh, the dimensions beyond your comprehension.
3: Yeah. Well, um, the next question is that, you've calculated the date of October 2nd, 2033, based on the death of, you know, Yosha, the program, Dode, yeah, it's Dode. However, now that we know that Dode is our actual Pesach Aiel, and that he died on another date, and I don't know why she says that, what is the new calculated date of Eyal's return with Dode? Yeah. Um,
2: First of all, it was Dode's uh, body in uh, in 33 that would have succumbed to the sacrificial lamb. Uh, Dode's soul, which is uh, the the part that matters, uh, spent one day in uh, in Sheol on Matzah. And then uh, mm-hmm. uh, he is clearly back with uh, his father at uh, at this point because that was part of of uh, The it, it is uh, Dode who, as Gabriel, gives us uh, the timeline for himself uh, that the exact date that Masiyak would walk into uh, Jerusalem and uh, and be sacrificed with his own people, uh, creating a covenant uh, in opposition to him. Uh, and when you do the math on, uh, on that, uh, you end up uh, four days before Pesach, Passover in 33 CE. Um, so that's just the math. And uh, Dode's the name. That's the day that he predicted that he would arrive. Uh, what you have is, uh, is the following dates are easily discernible from the Torah, that it was uh, year zero when Adam and Shawa were booted from the uh, the garden it was forty obel thereafter uh, which would be uh, 1968 bce uh, adam uh, abraham and Yeshak uh, uh, affirmed the conditions of the uh, and their support of the covenant on mount moriah where yahweh said you know when we do this again i will supply the uh, the lamb uh, exactly forty obel later dode served as the pesach el that would be in 33 CE. Those, each of those dates are exactly 40 Yobel or 2,000 years apart. And we know that uh, from many ways of deducing this, that it was in 33 CE that, uh, that Dode fulfilled the first four Mikre. And so if you add 40 Yobel to that, what do you end up with? 2033. Uh, what is the next Moed Mikre to be fulfilled? It is Kaporum. Uh, what day is Kippurim uh, fulfilled in 2033? Uh, it begins uh, at uh, sundown 622 uh, p.m. in Jerusalem on October 2nd, and uh, that year of uh, year 6000 Yah. Now, if you were to say, is it possible that I'm off by 24 hours and that Kippurim will last uh, until uh, October uh, 3rd at uh, 622? You got me. I could be 24 hours off. <laughs> the reason I never talk about the end of Kippurim is that while Matzah is the most important day for us, Kippurim is the most important day for Yahweh. And mm-hmm. the idea that Yahweh is going to return uh, at the last minute of the most important day, and the happiest day for him, the reunion of, uh, of he and his people, uh, seems ludicrous to me. So I think Yahweh wants to soak up every possible minute of uh, of that today, of uh, Yom Kippurim and uh, your Six Thousand Yah, and uh, and he should be uh, uh, like a, a father that wants to be there for his, his, his son or daughter's first steps. Uh, and yeah. I cannot imagine him delaying Maybe. <laughs> one, one second after the uh, beyond what is uh, is necessary. So you can you shoot me if it. i'm if I'm wrong by twenty four hours but <laughs> i'm gonna be real surprised if uh if the father I know doesn't want to uh, hurry back, and i'm going to be real disappointed if we don't succeed and and uh, having <laughs> uh, a, a a quality audience uh looking up at uh, at that
3: in my opinion, I think that Yahweh does everything he can that when we're right and correct about him to try to bolster us in return, and I just don't see Yawa, in my opinion. Uh, if he was going to come at a later time, he'll probably come earlier just because you wrote it so many times. I mean, that's just I, – I would. My friend did that for me. I mm-hmm. would be like, I'm going to come five hours earlier because I want to support Yada. I, I would do that for my friend. So that's just my yeah. personal opinion. Can't prove it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I think we're on pretty solid ground that's going to happen uh, earlier.
3: All right. Uh, We're
2: still still recording. We're no longer broadcasting. Let's see if we can can, uh, get through the rest of these, uh, because I know that my friend, uh, uh, Dr. Jeff, had a a question. We haven't come to it yet, and I hope we uh, get to it before we we stop recording. So what's what's the next one on your list? Okay.
3: Okay. um, Craig mentioned that you're speaking to Daniel, even though the conversation was recorded nearly 2600 years ago. Unless he's reading it wrong, it's a hard one for his mind to comprehend.
2: Yeah, of course, it is hard to. Why is it hard to comprehend? Because we are trapped in the ordinary flow of time. We do not see time as something that can be maneuvered in, which Yahweh does. What did Yahweh do with his prophets? He took them from their time forward in time to witness something and then back in time to write about it. Correct? So God's yep. fully yeah. capable of taking somebody forward in time, and then having them see what's going to happen, and then taking them back in time for them to write about it. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would yeah. it be? No why shit. would you limit him and say, "Well, you can't take somebody forward in time, back in time"? <laughs> uh, so, you know, God has seen th- this whole thing is all played out. He, he's he's witnessed the entire thing, um, and so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's uh, it's. Difficult. It's just very difficult for us to wrap our minds around because we're stuck in the ordinary flow of time. God's not restricted in uh, in that way. So um, I, again, it's a uh, it's a detail. I understand how the details um, seem important to folks. I, I I wouldn't worry about that so much because um, so many of these questions are over time and. <laughs> The, the key thing to understand is in Hebrew, the Hebrew language is liberated in time. All the verbs are true throughout time. They're either um, I, I speak of a completed event in the past, present, or future, or an ongoing event, but they're never uh, locked into a past, present, or future. They're liberated in time. That's the nature of the Hebrew language. Yahweh equates himself to light. Uh, light is uh, is independent of time. On a photon of light, time simply exists. It's the fullness of time on a photon of light. Um, so, And even the flow of time is relative to the observer uh, and the presence of uh, energy and velocity. So mm-hmm. um, the more you come to appreciate the integration of time into the Hebrew language – and into uh, light, which Yahweh ascribes uh, for Himself, and as it plays out in the fourth dimension on our way to the seventh, the more comfortable you will be with all of these issues over uh, being stuck in the flow of time versus being liberated in time, uh, so that yeah. that time becomes an entirely different concept.
3: Yeah. What do we have next, Kirk? Do you want to read twenty-eight? Let's go ahead and address Jeff's question. Yeah.
0: This- Let's let's do. Let me pull down. The okay, can, okay. Yeah. Can back, <clears throat> Can can you explain how you would approach sharing Zechariah twelve ten with Jews who do not acknowledge or have a clue that this passage is about Dode. Christian apologists often use this passage to try to prove that yeah. Jesus, quote unquote, was pierced. Then, when the fact due when in fact yeah. due to inter, yeah. interpretation. Yeah
2: yeah the reason I knew about this question is that uh, dr. Jeff's my good friend and we've been brothers yes. for a long time uh, He was uh, one of the very first that uh, that uh, came to trust uh, to know trust to rely upon Yahweh uh, through uh, these uh, translations we were doing and he, he's just a great friend, a great mind a wonderful rational uh Ya'od. Um, and uh, dearly love the man and he he, uh, uh, he, we and I, he and I talk regularly he called me uh, uh, this afternoon and uh, I asked him if he uh, was a contributor to the questions and he told me that uh, this was his uh, okay. so uh, to answer the, uh, the question the, uh, the first thing is it, uh, it certainly can't be uh, Jeebus because uh, I, it begins by Yahweh saying that, uh, uh, that uh, this pertains to him so Yahweh uses his own name, and he speaks of uh, pouring out his spirit on uh, the people at uh, this time in Jerusalem. Uh, he does uh, mention a second name, and it most certainly isn't uh, Jesus. He, uh, The second name he mentions is Dote. In fact, he mentions Dote in the prelude to all of this, because it is the house of Dote, the family of Dote, that he's pouring out this uh, this spirit of compassion and reconciliation. Um uh, the next part of it is that there's a very important word in all of this uh in terms of piercing. Uh and uh it is eth. And what eth means is it uh it draws a connection between things an association between things and it says that uh that as as he returns they will look upon the one with whom he is uh returning whom they have uh pierced uh and will mourn for him and as he finishes this, he has three different words for uh, a son, and firstborn son. Uh, there's only one person throughout the Torah and Prophets that Yahweh refers to as his son, and he specifically gives the title of Bacor, firstborn, to Dod. So Dod is the yes. one that Yahweh goes out of his way and says, I'm his father, he is my son, and uh, repeats that. Um, it's even repeated in 89th Mismore. Uh, yeah, and Zod yeah, yeah. is the only one that is called the Bakkor uh, by Yahweh, his firstborn. This whole thing is about mourning for the firstborn. So the person that was pierced was the firstborn, the son of, of God. And the and the Yehudim that are gathered for uh, reconciliations on this day, October second at sundown, six twenty-two p.m. Uh, and thirty-three C.E. Year six thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 thing that is going to just cause our eyes to well up in tears and us to cry bitterly, even while we're thrilled and excited to be in Yahweh's company, is that we humans tortured God's son. We drove straight stakes through, uh, nails through his hands and his feet and hung him from the most excruciating form of death ever designed. And that was the easy part because the hard part is that with his soul, he carried our guilt and the shield and deposited it there so we would look perfect in God's eyes. Now, when you see somebody that did that for you, you're going to be really emotional. Yeah. So, you know, God's a uh, a uh, a spiritual being. It's really, really tough to nail a spiritual being. <laughs> just The nails just don't stick. But, but the whole thing is about the sun who is yes. the one that uh, we pierced. So Jews, what you're missing is every time it talks about the fulfillment uh, prophetically of the uh, uh, of Passover, by the Passover lamb, by the Zoroa, it's always addressing dote It's in first person. It is Doad's sacrifice. And you missed it. You know, Dod says nope. that, that he's pierced. He describes Roman crucifixion uh, a thousand years before it was invented. And, and here uh, God saying, yeah, I'm coming back with Dode. I'm telling you that. And when you see the one that you pierced, you are really going to bawl your eyes out. You know, the mm-hmm. first time I told uh, Leah, she was sitting here, she just moved back into the same chair she was in when I told her this about six months ago, that the Passover lamb is Dode, um, uh, he 's the one that suffered that uh, that uh, torture and then uh, carried our guilt with him into sheol uh, you know I expected her to have the same reaction I did which is to celebrate that that uh, it 's all now comes together Yahweh uh, chose doe chose to fulfill this we understand why what a great celebration the Messiah is our savior uh, isn't it uh, he is the soroah uh, she started crying and didn't stop for five or six hours. And I think that every, uh, every Jew that is there at that reunion is going to do the same thing.
1: Uh-huh. Because
2: it wasn't just that they, um, um, that this happened for their benefit. It's that the Jewish people for the past 2,000 years have denied it. It's mm-hmm. one thing for him to, done, uh, to have done it. It's another thing for his people to have denied him. And that's going to be really mm-hmm. painful. So that's my answer, uh, Jeff. So we'll, let's go okay. back, Phil, on, on some of these uh, these other questions.
3: Well, there was a part two of that question. Um, okay. Yeah, he he asked that most Jews are not allowed to speak God's name and are not aware that God also has a son, a question that Yah himself asks in Michal 30, verse 4. So how would you explain to Jews that the Son of God, who is a human? Oh, hi, I have a visitor. Sorry. Yeah.
2: I I don't think it's necessary to explain to uh, to Mm -hmm. Jews that God has a son, because God says he does. Um, He introduces it in in probably the most important prophecy in all of prophecies, which is 2 Samuel Samuel, um, 7. And he specifically speaks of uh, of Dode not only returning as the king of kings uh, and of uh, Yahweh uh, establishing his seat of honor and building a house for him and all of these wonderful things, but he specifically says, he's my son, I'm his father. And uh, Mismore 89, which is the most important document probably ever written, uh, apart from the, the Torah, and, and in some ways it's as important as the Torah, uh, Yahweh says uh, again, uh, I am his father, he is my son. And he is specifically introduced as the Bekor, the firstborn. He is the exemplar for the covenant. So uh, God makes the statement, if you don't like the fact that God picked this man to be his firstborn son, to inherit uh, uh, the heavens and the earth and then share it with us, uh, you know, go pick your fight with God. Uh, It's not going to work out real well for you. But um, God loved Doed. Uh you know, and Dode loved God, their father and you know, son Jeff and I were and you know Jeff and, and I were talk- Oops, sorry yeah, everything that God did though uh achieved with Dode uh in terms of the benefits of the covenant that they achieved together, they apply to all of us, so rather than fight it, say, yeah, that's that I'm delighted that they were father and son that they worked together in the fulfillment of the mikra. Because we're the beneficiaries. So celebrate it. If God says that uh, he is my son and he repeats it, and then uh, has all these other accolades, including that He's my firstborn and he gets the, uh, the inherited share of the firstborn, uh, why would God lie to you? And if you're saying it's not true, then you're calling God a liar. God, by the way, holds them accountable. In the 89th Mismore says, if this is not all true about Dote, then I am a liar. What do you think the chances are of that?
1: That's a good yep. point.
2: All right. Uh, why don't we go for a, uh, another? We have a few minutes okay. left.
3: This question's mm-hmm. been a long time coming. Uh, after discovering books written by false prophets, how many times does Yahweh's name now appear in the Torah, not being Mismore?
2: Oh, yeah, I get this. Uh, I get this all the time. Uh, I think the number is 7,000. Uh, yes, it is true that, uh, uh, that, uh, Ezekiel, uh, has a field day with Yahweh's name because Hassatan wants to be Yahweh. Uh, so, uh, there, you know, it's over a hundred times in that book. Um, uh, and so you would take that from the original estimate of, uh, of 7,000 and you'd have, uh, 6,900. But if you're doing your homework, one of the things you'll quickly learn is that, um, uh, we don't have the full cadre of Mismore. There are, in the yes. Dead Seas, there are many Mismore that are not part of the current uh, collection that Dode wrote. And we don't have the entirety of them. We just have parts of them. We don't know how many times uh, or Yahweh's name is mentioned in them, but we do know one thing. Dode mentions Yahweh's name a lot. And <coughs> we uh, and we have many places. Uh, it's... Uh, and somewhere between uh, 150 and 250, uh, where the Dead Sea Scrolls replace what was where the Masoretes completely erased Yahweh's name uh, and replaced it with uh, uh, their Adonai, <coughs> where uh, Yahweh's name is in the older text. So um, you are with with those thoughts so close to being back to to 7,000. You're you know you're going to be back to 6,900 and and some odd, what are the odds that it's not Uh, 7,000? Again, when you know Yahweh and you know his predilection for the number seven, and you are within 5% of uh, of, uh, of a magnificent uh, number like that, what is the likelihood that it it, it isn't found in the the additional Mismore? Uh, or the uh uh the corrections to the mesoretic text the messoretic text is, is wrong uh by 7%. 7% of the time the Mesoretic text is just flat out wrong. um and as it compares you'd compare it to the the uh dead sea scrolls. um and so you've got a 7% factor uh there. I don't know 7% of uh of Seven thousand is far more than the mentions of uh, of Yahweh and uh, and Ezekiel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, yes, really I, I still I, I haven't changed the number from seven thousand because I I just don't think there's any reason to considering the uh, the additional Moore, uh the uh, seventh error factor in the Masoretic text uh, and the fact that well we have you know Dead Sea Scrolls for every book that uh, that actually belongs in Yahweh's uh, Torah and prophets, we don't have the entirety of all those books. And so if you were to factor in what we're missing in mm-hmm. the places where Yahweh's name would appear, uh, I'm confident the number is still 7,000. Right. You know, I'm also, uh, you know, questioned all the time now, as I've said, 40 prophets, and, and now we have eliminated uh, uh, prophets uh, like Yonah, uh, he was not a prophet. Uh, Job was not a prophet. Ezekiel um, most certainly was not a prophet. Uh, Daniel wasn't even a prophet. Uh, so, you know, how many prophets uh, uh, were there? Well, uh, before I changed the number, one of the things I did is I went through the the entirety of the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms and referenced every time that Yahweh referred to somebody as a prophet. And if you take the names out that I've uh, just mentioned. Uh, but you include every time that Yahweh refers to somebody as a prophet. Guess what the number is?
0: Forty.
2: Forty. For for example, uh, Yahweh actually uh, uh, says that uh, Abraham was a prophet. Now, we have prophecies from Abraham in the sense of all of the terms and conditions of the covenant turned out to be prophetic. And, of course, the whole episode that uh, took place, at the fulfillment of oh, yeah. the uh, of the covenant on Mount Moriah was prophetic. Yeah. So if I was going to call uh, Abraham a, a, a prophet, I'm going to buy the fact that Abraham was a prophet. Yeah. Uh, clearly, the 89th Mismore is prophetic, uh, mm-hmm. and you would not normally include uh, uh, the author as a prophet, but you'd have to when you're reading through it. So anyway, the the answer is I, I did do. Because it's mentioned every time now that uh, I use the term 40 as the edit team goes by. Are you sure? I I did, <laughs> I, I, did I did the study and it really is 40. Okay, it's yeah. again one of those numbers. Uh, it's so close. What are the odds that it's not? And this one it was just easy to check. So I checked it. The, yeah. the, um I can probably get to uh, uh, 6,900 without batting an eye on uh, on the use of uh, of Yahweh, and then. It is, uh, is it worth the added five or six days' worth of work to try to go through um, um, uh, the uh, Mismore, that, for example, that are not included in the current uh, uh, assemblage, and then to try to figure out every place where there is an Adonai uh, and, a, uh, and a text that is not supported by the Mesoretic or excuse me, not uh, supported by a Qumran text where it could have been a Yahweh, I, uh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I, I think not. Just because. Yahweh well, is a perfectionist. Uh, it's the number seven thousand. Okay, another question.
3: Okay, I'd like to go to twenty uh, for our friend Mary. Uh, I hear this all the time. You'd be shocked how many people think this in the covenant uh, family or. Uh, so she writes, someone told me they doubt they would be included in the Torah harvest, but they think they will come afterwards when Yah and return on Kippurim for the chosen remnant. They say, isn't it enough that I believe and keep the feasts? What do you think?
2: Well, well I mean, yeah. Yeah, my first reaction is to say, what? Okay, so what they, <laughs> they want the fulfillment of Teruah to follow the fulfillment of Kippurim and of Sukkah so that Yahweh would go from fulfilling Pesach, Matzah, uh, Bokutam, and Shabuwa in order, skip Teruah, do uh, Kapuram and Sukkah, and then backtrack to Teruah?
3: They just think they're going to be special unless behind. Okay, so that,
2: okay that, that is not going to happen. He's going to fulfill them in order. No. Uh, and so Teruah will proceed uh, Kippurim. The other thing about Teruah is, again, the day we go to space camp, is is nice and everything but the purpose of terua is to do what we're doing and so right. if you focus on what the purpose of terua is as opposed to the going away part of terua then y- the the timing of it really isn't nearly as important as getting the job done between now and then um okay now in terms of uh of observing the mkrae being uh, the determining factor as to whether you get in or don't get in. uh, That's really not true. The determination of whether you you are in or not in is the acceptance of the terms and conditions of the covenant. The benefits of the covenant are provided through the Moed Mikre. It is important that we answer Yahweh's invitations and we meet with him and we come to appreciate how each of the seven Moed Mikre uh, enable us to have a wonderful relationship with our Heavenly Father. But the criterion for being included in the hereafter are the terms and conditions of the covenant, which is why Abraham happens to be a prophet, because they're prophetically revealed uh, through him. So uh, I said I I would focus more on your relationship with Yahweh and your acceptance of the terms and conditions of the covenant and then celebrate the Moed Mikre as as Yahweh's and Dod's means to provide the benefits of the covenant uh, to you, which are uh, eternal life being perfected by having your guilt hauled away and, and disposed of, in uh, Sheol uh, by Dod being adopted into Yahweh's family, being enriched and empowered uh, by him, uh, so that we can do this job of Teru, which is to share this... Uh, Testimony that Dode and his father Yahweh will be returning on Yom um 6:22 uh, p.m. October second, uh, and uh, 2033, uh, year 6,000, Yah. Uh, I'm having fun with that because uh, I, I'm just so convinced <laughs> that this is is, is who Yahweh is. There'd be no reason for him to delay, and so. Uh, and, and this is my, my I think you've gotten a feel for this. This is my style. I <laughs> I enjoy my relationship with uh, Yahweh. He's my father, he's my friend. Uh and uh and I, I think it's fun to uh to presume things that seem to be so obvious based upon the nature of who he is in the uh, in the relationship. But uh no, I, I think it's it's um, uh, there's two errors in there. One is that Oh yeah. The Moed Mikrei are fulfilled in order. They, he's uh, he is not going to go out of order. Uh, and uh, and second, um, the uh, uh, the criterion for who's in and who's out happens to be the covenant. And so I'd pay more attention to the terms and conditions of the uh, the covenant uh, than I would with uh, the Moed Mikrei. The Moed Mikrei are essential. We should definitely respond to Yahweh's invitations and understand what these things represent. Um, but they are gifts uh, from our father and his son to us. Our gift to him is uh, being a a contributing member of the covenant, somebody who is um, making Yahweh's existence richer uh, and um, reaching out to his people to help them come home and to, uh, to know their father. I think we probably have time for one more before, uh, oh, it's going to be a quick one before we're cut off because we're going to, within a minute or two, we're going to hear that uh, goodbye.
3: <laughs> so what happens to children and grandchildren of a covenant family member during chirua? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, they're not if, covenant. if
2: you're, uh, we've talked about this before, if, uh, if uh, like in your case, you have a, uh, a, a very young uh, child who... Even though you know, she, she may already qualify because she clearly knows Yahweh, she speaks of Yahweh, she loves Yahweh. Uh, you've right. you raised her to know and to love uh, Yahweh, and you've set an example where knowing Yahweh and being part of the covenant is something wonderful. I think it's a, a large degree why uh, Jackie has so many family members that are part of the mm-hmm. covenant, is that she, she radiates the beauty of being part and the joy of being part of God's family, Absolutely. and it's contagious, you know. I want what you have. What you have is really wonderful. Uh, so I think it's possible with young children, and Jackie has it too, where the even very yeah. young children uh, know Yahweh and uh, and uh, enjoy His company. Um, so young children, if they haven't yet reached the age where they can make that decision, get to go with the parents. That's one of the uh, of the joys of being a covenant member. Is our uh, our children are not left behind. Once our children are of the age where they can make their own decision, like I have two, one has chosen covenant, one has chosen not. Uh, they either remain or come based upon their own choices is mm-hmm. the answer to that question.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. So young, very no, young sir. dependent children will
2: come with you if you're a covenant member and uh, your adult children will either come or stay totally dependent upon the choices they have made. I don't Agreed. think we're going to have time for any more. So I think probably the best thing to do is to wish everyone a, a wonderful Shabbat. Um, I think we probably got, uh, to the vast majority of them. Um, uh, I hope did. so. Uh, and, uh, we'll return to the 89th Mismore this time, um, next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making such wonderful contributions to Yahweh's family. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we'll do Q uh, and a Q&A again. Um, uh, you know, I sure. my sense is this time I was probably a little more, um, uh, um, I what's the right uh, term? I shared more from the heart. This is uh, yeah. uh, how I've incorporated the answers to these questions and, and uh, not willing to go into uh, uh, the detail as much as wanting to share the big picture. Um, and I hope yeah. maybe that was helpful because we had so many questions. On uh, mm-hmm. timing issues and details, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, you know, you want to know about Tarua, do Tarua, right. you know, do Tarua, and everything will take care of itself by doing yep. Tarua. Uh, in fact, I think one of my uh, friends, uh, Mike, wanted to know is uh, is uh, that's something mm-hmm. we'll have to do maybe uh, next time. But wanted to know if uh, okay if teruah had uh, a dark and light side and it does it's like most hebrew uh words um and uh uh where was uh i think there's a mic question here uh someplace but but That's uh 10. you know it really depends on uh you know ruah is the active verb in teruah and ruah uh means to uh signal uh both uh an alarm and to convey herald a yeah. a, a positive message and then there's there's two uh, okay. variations of, of Uh One is to is to celebrate something and desire it, and the other is to loathe it. Uh, and they're written exactly the same way. And so the the Ta'ah before Ruah uh, can either be cast uh, as uh, as a uh, uh, as to dispel this idea of of uh, and, to, and to loathe the idea of. Of conveying the message, or to uh, desire it and love it. Uh, so it's like "ana" and so many other words that have a a dark and light side. You have to pick the the right one based upon the uh, the use of the of the word. Um, anyway, we return to uh, the 89th ninth Mismore uh, this time uh, next week, um, and I do hope to share some of the things that that I wrote uh, today because I think they would make a uh, an interesting. Uh, influence in the people's lives and I guess the last thing to share is that um, focus on the big picture Uh, we we all love the details and how they're woven into this plan and Yahweh's dates and the timing and how he uh, approaches things but it's the big picture that matters Uh, do you want to be part of God's family his bareth covenant are you willing to accept the terms and conditions there which there are five uh, do you understand how the benefits, which are five, are provided by the, the fulfillment of the Moed Mikre? Do you understand how uh, Yahweh chose, and so did Dod volunteered to be the person that Yahweh worked with to make those things uh, possible? And how coming to know Dode as the Zeroa and our Savior is so essential to Yahweh because uh, he's proud of his son, and his son did something truly magnificent, and his people have rejected him. So uh, it is... Very few things is important. Is coming to appreciate what uh, he has done for us, and to uh, share it, uh, so that uh, Yahweh's people uh, disengage from politics and religion, and come to know, trust, and love Yahweh as their Father, uh, Dote as their brother. Uh, in addition to being King and Savior. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot for one show. Um, We were lucky. uh, Blog Talk Radio didn't kick us off at 9:05. I guess they knew we had things to talk about. But um, thank you again for the uh, the questions. I hope that uh, uh, you um, benefit from these answers. May God bless you all. Good night. Good night. Night, guys.
0: Night.